And where were you 50 years ago today? 50 years ago today, I was negative 16. Oh my. But you know what today is? Today is Tuesday. July 16th. July 16th. And today is my mom's birthday. Well, happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday, mom. I'm having, we're having dinner tonight. You're going to have cake and ice cream too? Uh, I don't think we're having cake. I think we're going to go get some ice cream. Okay. Hey, um, back fi- to your question. Back to 50 years ago today. Where was I? Or what, where were you? I, I was paying attention like most of the country. It was the flight, the first flight to the moon. Oh, I did read about that online today. Oh, I was going to say, you read about it in the history books. <laughs> that too. Uh, I think yeah, there's a few movies about it. It would be this coming Saturday, I believe, when they actually landed. If I could inj- inject songs into our podcast, I'd be playing Fly Me to the Moon right now. Wouldn't that be nice in the background? Oh, that would be great. Just picture it, everybody. Let, it's very and classy. Play, and let me play upon the, uh, Among the Stars. Growing up as a kid, and actually it's in my, my kid's room now because our girls are sharing a room. Uh, there's this little figurine, a, a ceramic figurine of a... You guys can't see it, but he's describing it with his hand. I, you always do this to me. I'm my I use my hands a lot. I play the piano. I talk with my hands. I... Wait, wait, what about the figurine? Uh, it's a rabbit with a rocket strapped to its back, and when you wind it up, it plays Fly Me to the Moon. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, it's cool. That's cool. Okay, so it was a very, very exciting time. I bet it was. You know, we conquered space, and the, the amazing thing is it was before we had all the computer technology we have today. You know, they were just sure. getting into computers, and it's amazing they could do it. This this phone right here in my hand. He's holding a phone. It I'll narrate. Has has more power than the computers of those days. Unreal, isn't it? It really is. Really cool. So here we are in the middle of the summer. It's going to be hot this week. Yes, near triple digits at the end of the week. What do you do to stay cool? What do I do to stay cool? I mean, you're always cool to me. <laughs> oh, I. You know, I'm I'm lucky. I don't get overly hot. Mm. Uh, even when people are. Talk about church is too hot. By the way, they don't usually do that around here. Yeah. But when people, you do. I do. You do. I'm always hot. Church, church is too hot. It's, I'm pretty even. You're a little odd if you ask me, but okay. that's okay. That's oh, why right. I love you. I think it's time to start talking about the scriptures. <laughs> wow. That was a quick a segue. Quick segue. Well, if you're going to throw insults at me. You know, I don't think we actually ever said who we are and what this is. Welcome to the 23 podcast. And that is Michael Puppas. Father Herb is with me. This is session number 109. I wonder if we have any new listeners to the podcast. I don't know, but uh, those two or three that do listen are really faithful. Very. Unless they're on vacation. Very. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is all for naught. Okay, so July 21st, it's also the 16th Sunday of Ordinary Time, Psycho C. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are listening at home, and uh, we are going to start with the reading of the gospel, and then we'll probably go back to the first reading today. It's a the good go- first reading. The gospel passage is also very short. And for all of you people out there who find that you are more Martha's than Mary's, uh, we're going to help you feel better about this reading because I have found so many people get angry at this reading or feel offended that Jesus does not appreciate all that they do. Well, let's tell them what happens first, and then we can let okay. them react to Would it. you like to do the reading? I get to read it Sunday in church, so you can read it today. All right. From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary, who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, 
Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. End scene. Sort of like... Wouldn't that be good at Mass? So so there. Instead of the Gospel of the Lord, we just say... End scene. End scene. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. No, No. I don't (laughs) think it would be better, because I like to say the Gospel of the Lord. That's good. Okay, so first of all, Mary and Martha are talked about quite a bit in other passages, especially in John's Gospel. This is Luke's Gospel. Mm -hmm. Mary and Martha and Lazarus, sister, sister, and brother. One family, they lived outside of Jerusalem. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know how they got acquainted with Jesus, but they were like on a friendship basis. Okay. I like to tell people that they were the ones that if Jesus had a free afternoon and he was in the area, he'd stop and hang out with them. That, you know this for a fact? Well, that's how, that was the flavor I get when it, you read the scriptures. It must have been on his Facebook feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put all the pictures, you know. The, Obviously. But... Uh, so here it makes it much more formal. There, were, there was a woman named Martha who had a sister, Mary. Now, what I told you before we started recording, Martha was doing what was expected and what was right. In other words, the signs of hospitality. Mm-hmm. It was very important when you had a guest, you prepared food. It was very important that you busied yourself. Sure. It was very important that you treated the other one uh, as a special guest, maybe give them a comfortable place. The whole thing, you know, nowadays when somebody says, oh, can I help you? And a lot of people will say, sure, you can make the salad or you can pour the the water into the glasses or whatever. Yeah. That would probably be unheard of. Sure. Well, you were just at a friend's house last night for dinner and it was kind of, we brought some stuff and obviously they contributed some stuff to the meal. And then it was kind of between the two of us, there were, um, five kids. So, you know, it was kind of all hands on deck to get everything put together. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's just what you do nowadays. But, but I've been a guest at people's houses already where I remember once I went to somebody's house and they said, Oh, you're right on time. It's good to see you. We just have a few things we have to finish in the kitchen. So the husband and wife both went to the kitchen. It was one of those houses where not open concept, not open concept. It was a separate room with a door. Sure. They were in the kitchen and I'm sitting there in the living room by myself. Twiddling your uh, thumbs. Uh, reading old magazines, almost like in the waiting room for a doctor's office. <laughs> and I thought, there's something wrong with this. So I got up, and I even knocked on the door to the kitchen. I said, <laughs> can I help you? And I don't remember. They probably said something, but I like, well, we're almost finished or whatever. Sure. But the whole idea that they were doing the gracious stuff, the mm-hmm. o- official things, but they left me hanging. You know, there's always kind of a sense of when you go to a foreign um, place, maybe somebody else's house that you've never been to before, maybe uh, a church that you've never been to before. There's always a sense of stepping outside of your comfort zone and being uncomfortable in new space. Yeah. But a good host always helps to melt that uncomfortableness, for lack of a better word, away. And and see, that was the thing. These people thought they were being good hosts. They were preparing the food. Sure. And I I don't think they were trying to be offensive in any sense at all. Mm-hmm. There was another time I was visiting somebody. I got invited kind of like, because I was the pastor. The man was the head of a program at a university, mm-hmm. and the guest speaker was uh, the late Andrew Greeley. 
Remember Father Andrew Greeley? I do not. No. Oh, he was really big, nationally big, okay. uh, back in the 80s, 90s. A, a priest who's out of Chicago, also a sociologist, but he also wrote a lot of fiction, a lot of novels. Oh, wow. And he was on a lot of talk, talk shows through the years. But he was also known as a poet. So he was going to come, and the, the professor who invited me, he said, oh, he's speaking at our university. This was down at uh, Ashland University. Okay. He's speaking at our university, so we've invited him and a couple other people to come over for dinner first. So why don't you come to my house? So uh, I got there just as they were pulling up. They had picked up uh, Father Greeley at the airport. And they went in. And so, the again, the Mr. and Mrs. were finishing the, the dinner. The other guests had not yet arrived. So I'm sitting in the living room with this world-known sociologist slash novelist slash priest and he's sitting thinking i'm sitting here with the father herb weber exactly right? that's actually it was a very pleasant conversation yeah uh, he was he was a, he was on, he was really on on point that night you know his talk was good he, but he, he was also uh very receptive a great 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 storyteller during the dinner you know he was he was uh irish American Irish, but uh, had that raconteur uh, approach to things where he could tell a lot of stories. Sure. And, uh, but uh, yeah, the two of us were talking there. So he had asked me about the parish. I was at St. Peter's in Mansfield. So I was explaining the school system and stuff. And I knew that that was an area of his interests. Mm -hmm. So it was really fine. But it was also a little nerve wracking on my part because I knew his reputation. Sure. Even though you'd never heard of him, I knew his <laughs> reputation. And uh, just felt a little bit out of my league. I'm just a parish priest. No, you're you're more than just a parish priest. You're our parish priest, and oh, we love you. Okay, I'm the 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 priest of this little parish, this church in the country, this country, the, the little, little country uh, church, Saint John the Country Church. Yeah. Do you ever feel just out of curiosity when you're maybe with another priest that you don't know? There's probably a little bit of a fraternal bond there, just knowing that you're both in priestly ministry. It, it really is. It's yeah. a universal bond. I found this in other countries as well. It's a universal bond, but priests do a really funny thing. And it's, uh, it's like you have to size each other up right off the top. And within the first five minutes of the conversation, yeah. one person or the other will find out when you were ordained. And that... That's that like, says everything. That, <laughs> it says everything. That reminds me of my daughter. Whenever she's with another child, she goes, how old do you think that, how, how old is she? Am I older than her? Because, you know, in, yeah. in six-year-old world, a six-year-old trumps a five-year-old any day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, see, this is the same thing. Yeah. You know, when were you ordained? Well, if I say 1974, I love to see their response. Like, oh, I was not ordained till 1982 <laughs> or uh, or sometimes they'll smile and say yeah that's about my era plus or minus 10 years plus or minus yeah. <laughs> but it, it is a it's it's a funny thing but it's also a, a good thing because then we sort of get a sense of each other's background and ministry and experience sure but that's taking us totally away from what we want to talk about with Martha and Mary would we ever do that on the 23 podcast? Well, this is my job to constantly bring us back. Here we are. Okay, Martha was doing everything, but she wasn't doing everything because she was grumbling about it. Yes. Grumble, grumble, grumble. You know, and then... Good sound effects. Yeah. Can you imagine re how resentment gets in? Why do I have to do everything? You know, that's like when we were kids, you know. Why do I have to do it? My sister hasn't done anything this week. Sure. 
and I don't I'm know if it, I don't know if your girls compete. Like, is is it my turn again? Or? No, always, always, of course. I'm thinking what came to mind in in was like group projects in college. You know, there's usually somebody that kind of carries the weight of the group to get the project done. Yeah. Well, because sometimes you don't get to pick your groups necessarily, so. There's always grumbling with that And you as get well. graded according to the group, not your individual. Sure, sure. What, what I kind of took away f- when I was reading this earlier today was this whole idea, and this is something that I've been reflecting on a lot, is like this whole idea of we our culture is equating being busy with productivity and success, being successful. And I don't think sometimes we're necessarily good at just sitting and spending time with people or just enjoying life without having something, an agenda to do. I've had some people talk about, it's a house life. Well, I'm really, really busy. And I sometimes will ask them, okay, is that good or bad? Yeah. I have read the list of virtues many, many times. Mm -hmm. Busy is not on the list. Right. (laughs) Right. It's not on the list. It's not right between, uh, a gentleness and uh, self-giving or sure. busy. No, it's not there. It's what you're busy doing. Right. Well, and I, I've seen it so many times, you know, teaching um, piano lessons, especially uh, when I taught piano lessons before I was married, I would have students that would come to piano lessons. And before that they were at soccer practice and then they would get changed into some sort of dance costume to go to dance practice after piano. And these would be like, you know, 10 year olds. And I'm thinking, when does this child just get to go home and like be a kid play outside yeah. and run around and catch lightning bugs and catch we, lightning we were bugs. talking about lightning bugs fire did you call them lightning bugs or fireflies lightning bugs so did i yeah but now oh, I call, now i can't believe it we had something in common we well we love jesus too yeah um no definitely lightning bugs but i'm finding personally i i don't want to do as much because i find that if i try to do everything i'm not really doing anything well and I felt in my own call to ministry just to really dive in to what God calls me to do here at St. John the 23rd and not do so many of the extras like I maybe used to do with having exclaim or when we were doing the Catholic sit podcast, if you remember that and all those other things that I would do, I was busy, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I was being the person necessarily that God desired me to be either as uh, in my present in my family or even present here would, in my own job. Would you say that in this story, Mary is busy? Yeah. Is how she chose to be busy. Sure. She chose to be a true listener. And the other day I had an engaged couple in my office and they were talking about coming home from work or seeing each other in the evening after both having full days and who gets to talk first. And so we were talking, trying to talk about active listening Yeah, where... You, you let go of your agenda so you can be totally tuned into the other person's agenda. Which is hard to do at times. Very hard to do, especially if you're bursting to say something. Right. And the best thing to do is to know that you'll get your turn. Wouldn't that be the most boring podcast if you I just let you talk and you were going to just let me talk? And, we just and then you'd say, uh, yeah, tell me more. 23 or, minutes of yeah. dead time. <laughs> or if, you, if, if I let you talk 23 minutes, you probably wouldn't notice any difference. <laughs> oh. You know what? What? What really struck me about this, though, was just the other day. So our disciple group, hello, men, th- those of you that are listening, we um, are trying to get together for like a little cookout for the summer just to get our families together and check in with one another. And so one of the guys sent out a bunch of dates that 
worked and I was checking each one of them. And really for the first time in a long time, all five dates I could do. And that doesn't really happen. That's very rare. And I thought, and in a, in a flash of a moment, I was almost embarrassed by it by like, Oh, what does my life come to that? I don't even have, I don't even have one thing scheduled on one of these days. Yeah. And then I did kind of this self-reflection of, I'm kind of proud that I don't have anything scheduled because that means I have time to do some things that matter to me, like be available to go to this cookout. Well, or, what, what I really love is somebody who is even very busy, but you ask them, hey, do you have time for this? They say, of course I do. Even though you see their desk is filled with all kinds of other projects they're working on. Sure. So they choose, even though there's a lot of other demands, they choose to be attentive. Well, and something you said in your homily this week that I thought was very profound. I mean, the whole homily was profound, but the one line you were talking about, you've learned as a priest that people are more willing to give money than time because we, we value, we see our time as our most valuable commodity. And how many times do we see that? Um, when we we're looking here in church for either volunteers or, or whatever it may be, or even how much time people put in church. Sure. You know, there's no 11th commandment. Thou shalt put in only one hour for Sunday mass. Sure. Hashtag stay through the closing song. We want them to stay beyond the closing song. That's right. Now let's quickly look at the first reading because it's about hospitality. And it's from the book of Genesis, which means it's about Abraham and it's before Isaac is even born. But again, you live in a nomadic culture. You live out in the desert. You don't see many guests and it is required that you show hospitality. And the first reading and the gospel are linked in that way. It's all about hospitality. And whether it's Mary or Martha showing the hospitality, they both were showing it in some form. So here it goes. Uh, Chapter 18, verses 1 to 10. The Lord appeared to Abraham at the terebinth of Mamre. Stop. What's that? You know what a terebinth of Mamre is? No. The terebinth is, uh, uh, I always think of that as uh, Mamre is, you know, you got me. I'll tell you what I picture. I may be wrong. Okay. I picture like a, a, a dry wash. A dry wash of what? You know, a dry wash is when there's no water in it. It's oh. a it's a wash. It's like a, a ravine but without water. Okay. Uh, but are you looking it up? I was, I was Googling it, but I'm, it's not coming quickly. I'm sorry. I just, when I was reading this earlier, I thought, okay. Okay. I'm going to keep reading and you're going to tell me. Okay. As he sat at the entrance of his tent, again, he lived in a tent because they were nomadic, while the day was growing hot. You talked about hot. Looking up, Abraham saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran from the entrance of the tent to greet them, and bowing to the ground, he said, Sir, if I may ask you this favor, please do not go on past your servant. Let, let some water be brought that you may bathe your feet and then rest yourself under the tree. Now that, now that you have come this close to the servant, let me bring you a, a little food that you may refresh yourselves, and afterwards you may go on your way. So the whole idea there was Abraham sought them out, but it was considered a virtue of hospitality. You did not let somebody go by. And furthermore, he saw that it was a blessing to himself, mm-hmm. not just a blessing to the guests, but to himself. That's why he said, please do me the favor and come in. Sure. Did you find it? I did. So Terebinth is a small tree of the cashew family that was formerly a source of turpentine. Okay, so that was the tree that they're referring to. And then Mamre as a as a physical location. 
Okay. A, a site. So when I said it was a dry wash, I wasn't even close. You weren't. See, this is why we have the 23 podcast. No, this is why we have Google. That too. <laughs> I'm sorry to ask you recording. Yeah. So you're, you just embarrassed me in front of all of my friends out there who listen. <laughs> Bo- both of them. Okay. The men replied, very well, do as you have said. Abraham hastened into the tent and told Sarah, quick, three measures of fine flour, knead it, and make rolls. Then he ran to the herd, picked out a tender choice steer, and gave it to a servant who quickly prepared it. Then Abraham got some curds and milk, as well as the steer that had been prepared, and, and set them before these three men. And he waited on them under the tree, the terebinth, the tree, while, <laughs> while they ate. They asked Abraham, where is your wife Sarah? He replied, there in the tent. One of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah will then have a son. So that is uh, the whole image of hospitality that Abraham somehow discerned that showing hospitality to these three men, but there was one primary man, mm-hmm. was was a, an act of divine response, that he, w- he saw a sign that God was coming into his life. And it is really important for us to realize that hospitality is close to divinity. Remember the old thing, cleanliness is next to godliness? Yes. Hospitality is next to godliness. And then God granted a favor because he showed hospitality. Well, and if you think, I'm just thinking back to the history of, you know, we're in our 15th year as a parish now, that hospitality has been one of our core values from the beginning. And I think really one of the the key reasons why this parish has grown in the way that it has because we're nice to one another and we care about each other. And with that, I'm going to ask people to be kind to each other and care about each other throughout this week. And maybe next week, too. Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you this weekend, guys. Stay cool. Stay cool. Get some ice cream and go swimming. Okay, bye.